0: Hey there, welcome to New Light Sports. For January 10th, 2018. I am Andrew Oster. We are back for part two of our episode regarding sports and their reflection of societal values and their evolution and today's episode is a deeper look into future possibilities. This was the fun part of this episode to make with last week's and this week's. Oh, before I forget, if you have questions or comments, or please hop on in. I want this to be an open forum for communication. Email me at newlightsports at gmail.com. Dive in. I invite you to join in. This is nothing as a one-man talk. This We're in this together as humanity, and we all have our visions and future hopes and wishes and desires and values. We also have a lot of shared hopes, values, and desires and futures. So let's put them together. Let's make this a community. So, in this imagined future of what humanity might be like, of our race, of our relationship to each other, our relationship to the stars, our relationship to the planet, what values and morals, ethics, will our future society place upon their sports? such as the values and morals that we place upon it now, compared to the values and morals that our ancestors placed upon their sports and competitions. Now, the future that I'm imagining is the future that I was shown as humanity evolves more consciously. Now, these values that the future will hold dear, and it doesn't have to be compared to today. This is what it is. I mean, we're evolving in the right direction, so there's going to be overlap in values. The values that I foresee in our imagined future are unity, heart meaning spirit, self-expression, ceremony, skill, and intuition. And skill, you could break down also into like mental skill, not just athletic prowess like soft touch or quick feet, a mental skill. And again, that's a value of today that I think carries into the future. I also believe we're going to trend more towards these less brutal aspects of sports. It won't be about the biggest or the strongest. These other values hold more weight, and thus it will reflect more in the sports of the future. In the future, I see the live war theater drama that we talked about in the previous episode being replaced by inspired entertainment. Now, sports are entertainment, but why in the future, why would they entertain us? It's to be inspired and we can bring in more inspiration through more ceremony, through more recognition of the special qualities of people, and to give space to highlight the abilities that these people have and be inspired by it. And today we have, a, I think today's sports, there's a tradition of a game ball. You know, at the end of a game, player on the team receives the game ball for his accomplishments. I think in the future, what if there was an inspirational captain of the week and they did a game offering before the game? Maybe it was something special to them, something that the fans and the team could rally around to pay attention to. Say as if somebody you know had a, a child expecting and he wanted to offer up his performance to their, their newborn. Somebody had a, a loved one's birthday passed away. If some athlete just was making moves in their life and wanted to better themselves, they could have an inspirational story to tell of of personal change and growth. And these would be done before game. So rather than wait for the whole game to give a game ball, we can do an inspirational captain of the week. And they would, instead of being given a ball, they would give an offering to the game or to the players for that week. And again, when we're talking here today, none of this is is set in stone. This is all just, this is for fun. Let's let our hearts lead and just see where this can go. Could be wrong, but let's just have fun with it. Stay open-minded, stay open-hearted, and and this, I really want some feedback on this episode, so please email me back and let's get some conversation about this. In the terms of the inspired entertainment, what about, it had hats or helmets that could reflect brainwave patterns. You know, we all know like there's a science to brain waves. Our brains operate on frequencies from about three hertz up to about 35 hertz, where 35 hertz is going to be your frantic, coffee, jittery, trying to do a million things at once. Around 20 hertz is normal day-to-day thinking, taking care of stuff. And then when you get down into the single digits to the the seven, eight, four hertz, that's low when you get down to four hertz, four cycles per second. That's going to be your deep meditative states. So, wouldn't it be cool to see in live feedback how an athlete is operating, like what mindset his brain is based on maybe like a color the helmet gives off, or you know, some sort of light or LED or pattern the helmet gives off? Wouldn't it be cool to see what Tom Brady's brain does in crunch time of a game? Is he really that cool under pressure? Well, you'd be able to tell how he's operating behind the scenes if the helmet reflected that. Another cool aspect of inspired entertainment here would be like psychic announcers who would have way deeper insights into the game and to the background and to what's going on than your current announcers that would be inspired entertainment. Now some other general themes for the future of how it would reflect society's values. Again, I see unity and teamwork being more valuable, being heralded more. And I see an emphasis on money, power, strength, decreasing. Think of like today's sports where we all love the small college basketball team that makes it into the big dance, the big tournament. Because uh, basketball is the ultimate team sport because there's only one ball. doesn't matter if you have five great athletes. Only one person can touch the ball at a time. So the smaller schools that don't have a lot of money, none of these players are on scholarship, so they can't recruit and get the big players But they play really well together and they're able to compete and knock off these bigger powerhouse schools with bigger, better athletes and more money and more resources because of that heart, that unity that they have. And I think we're going to see more of that in the future of sports. That's what we want. I feel like our humanity's patience is wearing thin for these bought juggernaut teams. It's like, yeah, it's great. You have a lot of money. You can go do whatever you want. You have a lot of prestige but we gravitate and are drawn and we love the underdog, the little team that couldn't. So in the future, all I think more teams will, more sports rules will reflect that. And that brings me to another point of how the rules and the frameworks of the sports, you know, they change with society's values, like we discussed in part one of this. So you're going to more see more reflections of that. And again, with this more allowing everybody to play, allowing more teamwork into it where every body type can compete against each other. You just don't have to be these genetic lottery winners, so to speak, to play sports well. And I think the rules and the framework of the sports are going to be open and allow that, like college basketball. I mean, some current day examples are baseball. Baseball being a game of skill rather than brute strength you have some of the best players playing. You have Jose Altuve, shortstop for the Houston Astros. He's about five foot eight, maybe five foot seven. Actually, he might be smaller than that, but he's a powerhouse, and you can tell he's got a ton of spirit. And on the other spectrum, you have a guy like Aaron Judge, who's about six foot eight, two hundred and eighty pounds, and just another a mammoth man powerhouse. But they're able to compete on the same playing field because of their skill. Now, just because you're big doesn't mean you're coordinated, and just because you're small doesn't mean you're not strong. So a game like baseball, with its open rules, allows for these multiple body types to play. You can be big, small, you can be fit, you can be fat, but as long as you have skill and heart, you can play. That says a lot about a couple sports out there. You have a game like cricket, a widely international sport, where ball placement is more integral than power. In cricket, actually, you get penalized for, you know, in the States, what we would call a home run. You get penalized for that in cricket. Swiftness in cricket is higher valued than pure top speed. You don't need to be um, an NFL wide receiver with a top speed. You just need to be swift and quick. And you have a game like hockey, which embodies a lot of these new future sports attributes, I feel. What's well, an international game? Hugely diverse. Skill takes precedent over strength. You know, most of these professional hockey players, if you saw them on the street, they look like normal people. They're, they're not that much bigger. Or, sm- you know, some of them are small, tiny. They're like five foot something. Normal body types. Yeah, they're great athletes because they have tons of skill. So, hockey's game and rules and flow of the game allows for multiple body types, backgrounds, countries, a diversity of people to play and to be able to flourish as long as you have the skill and the heart and the will to practice. Here's a great hypothetical situation that I was envisioning. We have nowadays American football where, you know, it's weird. It it just kind of occurred to me, you know, American football It's the only sport, team sport that I can think of, and I can think of a lot of sports, where the players don't play both sides, offense and defense. It's the only team sport in the world where you don't play both ways. Football is hugely specialized. Silos of specialization, it's very militaristic in that way where you have your job, you have your job, and you have your job over there, and we all do that well, and we'll all do well under the direction of the general. It's very militaristic in that way. It's very mechanical in that way, too. There's not, it's not a lot of organic movement and expression out there. I mean, for all of football's great attributes as well, that's one of its most interesting negative attributes is its really over-specialization. Just look at the size difference between and body type and athletic skill set between an offensive lineman and a cornerback or defensive back widely different. They're almost playing two different games. What would football look like in the future to reflect our future values of unity, ceremony, intuition, heart, less brutality? What if they change the rules so that every five snaps of the ball, you have to switch positions? Kind of like volleyball where they rotate positions. Every five snaps of the ball, you can't play the position you're currently playing. Goes for the offensive line, wide receivers, quarterback, running back, everything. And every other quarter, you have to switch offense and defense. So you have to play both ways. Or something like that. I mean, I'm just brainstorming here. But you think about that. After you're playing offensive line. And yeah, whatever offensive line, we'll just call it one position, even though it's Kind of specialized. After five snaps of playing center, you're not allowed to play center anymore. You're the quarterback or you're the wide receiver. Now, this focus on being multiple position players reduces the specialization instantly. So you're going to have a more level playing field of body types. You're going to have less money and greed associated with it because you're no longer going to be able just to say, well, I'm the best wide receivers out there, so you have to pay me this much. No, because you have to play all these other positions, especially that the quarterback position where the quarterback position can take up, you know, a quarter of a team's salary. Well, in the future, multiple people are going to be playing quarterback. There's not going to be this greed or this Maybe greed's the wrong word, but this emphasis on overpaying, this emphasis on money and being the best at a position, you're just going to be a good football player. It's going to be a lot less division of labor and a lot more teamwork and unity. There's still going to be plenty of room to express heart, to express will, but there's going to be a lot less specialization, mechanicalization, a lot more unity. So how do we also bring more ritual and ceremony into our sports? How will the future do that? Well, we've covered one of the pre-game inspirational captain of the week. And I think there's a couple other rituals and ceremonies that we use today that can carry over, but maybe be tweaked for future needs. You have the the post-game gratitude towards the other team. I would even go so far as to give a post game gratitude towards the fans, more mingling of the fans. And how about, since sports are this inspirational entertainment for society, what if, you know, if taxes are even around in the future? You don't pay taxes, but you pay charity. A portion of your salary, if we're still using money in the future, that is, currency. A portion of your money goes to charity. So we have this whole new arena to play with. We have inspired entertainment that we go out and watch. Rather than just watching greatness of people being the best, which is part of being inspired. That's part of seeing people who worked hard to build up their ability to express their spirituality, to express their power, their will. That's our inspiration today. In the future, we can express much more inspiration and spirit and will and soul through these little gestures throughout the game. Maybe halftime will take on a new meaning. Breaks would take on a new meaning. Athletes' involvements will take on a new meaning. Their charitable contributions, their inspiration to society, their inspiration to each other. So touching on that, Let's get to this week's feature. We, in the past, we've done the Signs of Light. This is a brand new weekly feature that I want to introduce. And this one is called the High Vibe Athlete of the Week. Our High Vibe Athlete of the Week segment will take a look at an athlete that deserves recognition, praise, and just a spotlight on them for their general do-goodery and just bring a positive, new light, high-vibe aspect to sports. He or her, him or she, that doesn't make any sense, but whoever it may be, deserves recognition, and we want to give them a platform and give them the credit that might not come their way on a day-to-day basis in today's world. So today, or this week's High Vibe Athlete of the Week, is Malcolm Jenkins, safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. Malcolm Jenkins has a couple charitable organizations. He started the Malcolm Jenkins Foundation. He has three branches of it in New Jersey, where he's from in northern New Jersey. I think Piscataway, Philadelphia, where he plays, and also in Ohio, in Columbus, where he went to college. at The University of Ohio So where he went to college. No, Ohio State University. My bad, my bad. Maybe we can edit that out later. we, yeah, me, (laughs) my my team here, me and my guides, uh, but my guides don't have audio editing equipment yet. The Malcolm Jenkins Foundation helps underserved youth through several programs and scholarships. And since its inception in 2010, he has helped nearly 4,000 people every year with food and health products given to youth and underserved communities in the areas that where he lives or works or his life has been in, I think another really cool aspect of his foundation is in Philadelphia. He started this summer mentorship program called the STEAM program. It's kind of like the STEM program for like schools like science, technology, education, math, but He added an A called the STEAM program, and the A stands for athletics. So it shows how science, technology, education, and math apply to athletics to maybe get kids who weren't interested in those areas to shine a light on how sports uses science and technology all the time, especially in today's sports world where we're going more analytical, more sports science, more nutrition science. Hell, we're going new light sports right here. Maybe you can add a couple more letters into Steam. The big piece of Malcolm Jenkins' recent work has come from his criminal justice reform initiatives he has launched in Philadelphia. Over this last summer, he launched him a personal two-day initiative to help criminal reform practices and initiatives in Philadelphia. On day one, he held a roundtable discussion with powerful local leaders and influencers. Including himself, the police chief of Philadelphia, police commissioner Richard Ross, local influential neighborhood organizations, the DA's office, and public defenders, public leaders, the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell, and the Eagles owner and CEO Jeff Lurie. Held a roundtable discussion to highlight problem areas, communication areas that can be improved, highlight issues that the community's facing, because he went out on patrols, he went out on beats he went out with the police every day to see firsthand some of the issues that were the police were facing. So obviously we all know the issues that we, the people, face, but he wanted to see it from their side too, to help bridge the gap. And on day two, he took this roundtable discussion, you know, initiative and ideas that he started in the local community and brought it to the state capital of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where he met with politicians and policy leaders and policy writers to push forth with laws and resolutions to help criminal justice reform for minorities. Because let's face it, our criminal justice system isn't exactly geared for minorities these days. So tip of the cap to Malcolm Jenkins for taking a leadership role in this capacity. That is what a high vibe athlete does. And he's also widely recognized throughout the NFL as a leader amongst the NFL players. I don't, you can hear some, my animals scratching at the door to get, you're not getting in here. (laughs) Ah, so unprofessional. So unprofessional, of those cats, to do that. So yeah, Malcolm Jenkins is viewed as a leader amongst his peers too. And amongst the NFL players and the NFL Players Association, he is viewed as a leading voice. He's a wise man. He's one of the team captains of Philadelphia. He puts his money where his mouth is. He hits the streets to work hard, to make the beats a better place. And he is quoted as saying, I'd rather be known for how I made an impact and helped people as an individual for how I performed as an athlete. And that is the signature of a high vibe athlete. And Malcolm Jenkins, that is why you're our high vibe athlete of the week. Well, so that wraps up today's episode of this look into sports. And its relationship to society and its murals, and a future look. Please, I invite you, I would love tons of feedback so we can have a great roundtable discussion of other possibilities. What visions you guys feel should be brought into the world of sports and visions that our society needs, and how sports can integrate that. Because sports not only reflects societal values, it can also help lead societal values and be the leading edge mirror for societal involvement I invite you yeah let's talk about this we could do a whole nother side episode about our side discussion and I would love to read emails and read points and we could have an on-air discussion of reading emails and answering questions about this two-part episode this week's and last week's two-part episode so again newlightsports at gmail.com is the email send in your thoughts and feelings and your your what your heart feels the world needs. All right, that is this week. I will see you guys next week. Until then, be well, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and let's just see if we can bring a little bit more new light into the world. And let's see if you can go out and watch some some of your sports or even the world today and, and see what societal values reflect and maybe what future values reflect or what you would like to see reflected. Till next week, bye.